Dear God, is Corona finna take me out? Cause it's looking like the last and evil days. Blessed be the fruit, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of Outrageous Tales, the spiritual trap house. I am your host, Ray. And as always, I'm so excited that you've decided to tune in with me today. We are going to be discussing a new heart. Like, God, give me a new heart because this heart that I have now is like, it's broken, God. It's filled with Corona, God. Help me, God. So, yeah, I appreciate you all riding this wave with me. I know the episode is like a few hours late because typically I drop the episode in the morning. But, you know, pray my strength in the Lord. I was just, the devil was busy yesterday. But thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy it. Call me if you need me. Hit me up if you need me. I'm always available. Moving right along to our outrageous announcements. I do have a few things for you. It's mostly like a little event session. I don't really have any like world news for you all this month, but I'm about to tell y'all how the coronavirus has impacted my life. So if you know me or if you're friends with me on Facebook, you know where, you know, I work for a multi, I would say billion dollar company, like a well-known company that all of you all would know the name. So in response to the coronavirus on Friday, as of Friday, we got an email that stated, (laughs) yeah, this ain't even a joke. We got an email that stated, we can wear jeans for the rest of the month and wash your hands. What? Make it make sense. Is jeans supposed to protect us from the coronavirus? Is it supposed to automatically make us immune to the coronavirus how are jeans wearing jeans i mean we do wear we do work in a business casual environment but make it make sense sis how is it that jeans are going to protect us from the coronavirus like what then today they had told us that we're going to get another official email today today they send us an email that basically states Um, You can file a short-term disability claim if, you know, if you've been exposed to the virus. Bruh, I can can file a short-term disability claim on my own for free. I'm on a short-term disability claim right now. So what are you talking about? Like, y'all don't even make sense. Make it make sense. Take care of your employees. So long story short, if you're sick or if you're feeling any type of way, call out use your sick time, man. F these jobs. Like, I just really don't care. It just really pisses me off that I slave for you 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, doing everything that needs to be done for your company. And you mean to tell me you can't even take initiative to make sure my well-being is safe? Like, that's just absolutely ridiculous. And it just really made me mad, y'all. I'm done venting about the coronavirus. But, like, I might call in sick one of these days because I have been feeling under the weather. But it's just like... Like, how dare you have the audacity to simply just say we can wear jeans or you can file a short-term disability claim? Like, what? I could do that on my own in my free time. I've already done that. Been there, done that. Make it make sense. Anyway, so that's that. I ain't finna speak on that little situation anymore. But other than that, 
Yeah, I've been good. I've been going to the gym every day before work consistently at 4 a.m. Just trying to get this body together. Summer 2020 is coming up. I'm trying to be outside in booty shorts all summer, making it shake, bending necks, turning corners. Like, oh, is that right? Oh, is that baby right? Oh, baby Ray, is that you? Yes, ma'am. That's me dragging this wagon. Like, yes, that's me, sis. So, you know, I've been in the gym. I thank God for the opportunity just to be consistent. Because I ain't been consistent in a while. So I'm definitely happy about that. Um, Also, you know, flights are dirt cheap right now. So your girl done put a couple trips in, in rotation Hence the fact they are so cheap. So, I mean, if you ain't scared of Corona, I'm from St. Louis. We ain't never scared. We ain't never scared. Go ahead and book you a, a few couple, you know, cheap flights or whatever. Let, or have somebody, you know, get flewed out. Get flewed out. Flew me out. Anybody want to fly me out? Fly me out. I think I said that in last episode. I'm trying to get flewed out. So, um, I'm available to get flewed out if you got a little extra coin to fly me out. I ain't scared of no Corona. And finally... This is so lame, but I don't care. Season three uh, on my block is out on Netflix. So if you want to watch it with me on FaceTime, do something a little cute, a little romantic, I'm available. Uh, first person that says, you know, ooh, let's watch uh, on my block on FaceTime, I'm uh, I'm accepting the invite. I ain't had no invites yet. So season three on my block is out. Um, that kind of includes the announcements. I'm just letting y'all know the little tea that's going on in my life. I don't think I have anything else. Um, if you want some other announcements announced next week, slide in my DMs. Let me know. I, I'm steady asking y'all to slide in DMs. Ain't nobody slid in the DMs yet. But then y'all want to say I act anti. Crickets. Okay. Whatever. But yeah, that concludes our announcements. Up next, we have Tales from the Bee. It's where I remix and retell those not-so-easy-to-follow Bible stories. I give it to you straight. Absolutely no chaser. Hey, friends. So, let me start by telling you all this story. My sophomore year in college, I had bought me a... Pontiac Grand Am and it was white. I named my baby Snowball. If you know, if you know me, you know all my cars have names. I named my baby Snowball and this was my first purchase as an adult. I paid cash for my car. I mean, it was refund check cash, but at the end of the day, baby Ray paid cash for her car. She dropped a couple bands on it. Like it was nothing cash, no check. And I was so excited. This was my baby. And uh, throughout college, I had really, excuse me, I really rode that wave, you know, with my car. We used to be at the Dewdrop Inn, if you are familiar with, you know, the University of Central Missouri and the surrounding areas. We were bending corners. We was pulling up. We was popping out on people in Snowball. And that was literally my heart. That was my baby. So eventually, so I got snowball myself sophomore year. So like junior year, I had noticed that little baby wasn't acting right anymore. I would switch the gears or whatever. I would go from park to reverse, drive neutral, whatever. And I would notice that sometimes like if I go and drive, 
snowball would not go forward. It was just like I pressed press down on the accelerator and she wouldn't accelerate. But I'm still just like, okay, whatever. You know, I just switched the gears a couple of times and then it'll be completely fine. So I ended up going to AutoZone. And I had pretty much told them what was going on. It was some man there. And he was like, yeah, it's something going on. I forgot what he said. I'm really not into cars or anything like that. But he was like, you know, there's something going on. You need this, this, and this piece. It's, it's going to run you about two, $300. But you need to get it taken care of ASAP. Because if you don't, it's going to cause a transmission problem. Which he told me that prior to me even having the initial issue. So I'm like, whatever. You know, AutoZone be trying to upsell you. Tell you you need a filter on your car and things like that. So I'm like, whatever. And then he was like, well, I can fix it outside of work. So I'm thinking he's trying to holler at me because, you know, I, I always think I'm Beyonce. Everybody trying to holler at me. But I'm like, no, you know, whatever. I'm thinking that, you know, it's just a little issue with the car and it'll be completely fine. So I'm still thugging, you know, with Snowball 24-7, still bending corners, still on missions. And then eventually one day, Snowball, my baby, my heart, my joy, completely goes out on me. And I'm like, dang, that man told me to pay him like two, $300 to get my car fixed. And the next thing I know, my whole transmission is out on the car and I'm literally pissed. And I had to go ahead and get my transmission replaced. And if you ever got a transmission replaced, you know, it's well over a thousand dollars, but I'm like, dang, I had to straight drop like $2,000 for from another refund check on getting my transmission fixed. And it's like, dang, if I would have just listened to what he said and broke off that little two, $300, I would have been completely fine. And if we think about like a situation like this in regards to life and sin and what's been going on, like it, it correlates so, so, so perfectly. So if we think about it, there's sin that exists in our life that we fail to deal with. And, you know, it ultimately costs, costs us a lot more. So if I would have dealt with the little issue from the beginning, it would have saved me a couple thousand dollars. But instead of ignoring the warning signs and just kind of, you know, doing my own thing, it costed me a couple thousand dollars. And the same with sin. There's a few sins that, you know, we indulge in that's going to end up costing us a lot more. So it's just like, you know, think about in your head. What are you allowing to stick with you in your everyday life that's going to eventually blow up like my transmission did in my car? What are those sins, you know, that are that you're partaking in? So if you can just, you know, put them on the forefront of your brain or if you got pen and paper near you, just go ahead and jot those those sins down. And for this um this section of the podcast, you know, we're going to be coming from um, the book of Ecclesiastes or Ecclesiastics. Well, it was not Ecclesiastics, whatever. Ecclesiastes um, chapter 10. So if we look at Ecclesiastes chapter 10, it states, um, dead flies make the perfume's ointment give off a stench. So a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. And basically this states that a tiny fly it's, it's saying that a tiny fly will get in this big pool of perfume and it automatically spoils the entire jar of perfume. So it's like, what little bit of bad do you have going on in your life that is ultimately going to ruin a whole lot of good? Um, we're going to be discussing overall, you know, um, 
in this area. We're going to be discussing the condition of a foolish heart, the destruction that a foolish heart causes, and then the remedy for a foolish heart. So we're moving right into um, our, our point number one which is the condition of a foolish heart, which I should have mentioned at first. So the condition of the foolish heart is the idea that a little bit of bad will ruin a lot of good. And it's like we as human, we as people, we as millennials, maybe we have this idea that a little, the little bit of bad that we do is going to outweigh all of the good that we do. So I know for me, I'd be like, well, in my past life, because, you know, I'm brand new now. But in my past life, I'd be like, well, we only had a little bit of sex and I don't count that. Or we barely had sex. It was just this. And that don't count. So no. Or how you be low key with your homegirls checking people off that say like, oh, well, that doesn't count because we only did this. Or maybe that's just me and my friends. But we just will X off some people that we had sex with. And we was like, oh, well, that didn't count as sex. But it's just like, yes, it did. You still fornicated. You still had sex. I don't care if it's oral, a lick, a slip, a dip in or dip out. It's like you still did it. So why are you Xing it off? So, you know, ideas like that or man the famous one. Well, I only lied not to hurt you. Like, no, you lied to lie. You lied because it was free. You lied for a reason. And, or the idea that, you know, what a person doesn't know won't kill them. Like you specifically deceived me or I specifically deceived you to save your feelings, but I'm doing the quotation marks to save your feelings. And it's like, what little bit of lie, what little bit of bad are we doing in our lives that eventually will spoil, you know, all of our perfume? So each of us, we are perfumers. And if we fail to deal with issues, you know, on the forefront, it's going to ruin everything that we have. It's going to ruin our lives. It's going to ruin our relationships and our friendships. So, you know, on the outside looking in, everything can look good. But on the inside, we can literally be crumbling. And just touching back on chapter 10, verse 1, it says, Death lies make the perfumer's ointment give off a stench. So a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. So if we look at um, Tiger Woods or Aaron Hernandez, so Tiger Woods first, he was the number one golf player. He was like black man magic. He had homes and estates and, you know, multiple vehicles. He had a fine, bad wife. He had, you know, yachts and he was just living the lavish life, but he had an issue with fornication and adultery, which ultimately blew up his entire career. So he wanted sex that bad outside of his wife and it cost, you know, him his entire um, career. Or like Aaron Hernandez, he was literally living the American dream, you know, a poverty, you know, um, a poverty struck in um, male of diversity who, ultimately got like an NFL contract to make millions of dollars. And then bam, he out here killing people like what? And it's like, people aren't really looking at them more so for their good anymore. They're looking at them for the bad that they, you know, did in the world. So it's like, what's making your life foul for me personally, being 100% transparent with you. It's my, um, need for approval or need for affirmations from my partner. For me, it's my obsession with my body image and what I look like. It, it, it literally drives me insane. Or a final, you know, example for me is my is my obsession with wanting to be in control. Like if we 
I literally just want to be in control, point blank, period. There's no doubt about it. I always want to be in the loop. I always want to know what's going on. I literally have control issues. So we ultimately have to, you know, confess, you know, what the heck is really going on and kind of acknowledge what those bad things are. And 1 John 1 and 8 says, he who says he has no sin is a liar, point blank, period. We need to know what our little bad is and we need to be able to acknowledge it and just state it, you know, for what it is. So when so when we finally acknowledge, you know, what our bad is, we have to ask ourselves, you know, what is the solution to our bad? So what's the fly in our perfume? What's the fly in your perfume? What are those things that you wrote down? It's like, what's the issue with your transmission? So, because it's not like all of a sudden, bam, your transmission goes out or bam, you just spoil your whole perfume. It's something that's going to lead up to it. So like for me, I was already getting the warning signs. The man at the um, car shop had already told me what needed to be done. So it wasn't like, bam, my transmission just went out over, um, you know, bam, you know, instantly or like, no, the perfume didn't get ruined just instantly. It was like, there was a warning sign. There was a fly that flew in it. There was warning signs that I was receiving about my car that I chose to ignore. So from our perspective, when it comes to finding a solution, we think of it like a behavioral issue. So from our perspective, um, to find a solution, there's two options. One, we think that we can just stop it. So for me and my example of just having a little sex, it was like, oh, I can just stop. I don't need sex, especially when I was celibate for like over three years. I'm thinking like, oh, okay, I had a little sex. You know, I can just stop it. I can cut off t- cold turkey because for three years I didn't need it or I didn't have it or I didn't want it. We, or number two, we feel like, you know, we should just give in and we should just stop fighting our desires. So, you know, the idea that I know with me, I used to always say, well, the Bible says that you, if you've already had the thought in your head, you already committed the sin. So I might as well commit the sin since I already thought it. You know how we as Christians try to use the scripture to fight another scripture or use the scripture to justify us doing wrong. It's like that whole idea of things. But with both of these examples, whether we just give into temptation or if we think that we can just stop cold turkey, which isn't realistic, like both of these examples will fail in regards to us trying to find a solution. So Proverbs 14 and 12, and I'm not trying to quote scriptures on y'all because it's not me, but you know, I need everybody to run me a little receipt every now and then. So Proverbs 14 and 12 states, um, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is in the way of death. And it's like, if we have it our way, if we try to find a solution our way, both will end in failure. Both is going to end in transmission failure. Both is going to end in hurt and pain. Both is going to end with, you know, us ruining our perfume. So it's just like, you know, God is here for us to lead us and direct us and to lead us down the path in which he wants us to go down. So if we choose it on our own, it's just going to end in death. So just follow him. And if we look at um, chapter 10, verse 2, just looking at the, the destruction that a foolish heart causes, it states, a wise man's heart inclines him to the right, but a fool's heart to the left. And basically, 
that's stating the the we need to acknowledge the belief that's driving our behavior. So if you think about it, the behavior honestly is not the the issue. If you refer back to those things that you wrote down, you know, my affirmations that I need or my sense of wanting to be in control, those are the behaviors, but those aren't the issues. So people in Alcohol Anonymous or AAs, they're going to say, you know, alcohol isn't the issue, it's the solution. So if you go back, you know, to that list that you made, those aren't the issues. Those are the cheap solutions that are going to leave you broken, that are going to leave you in heartache. And to fix a solution or to to fix, you know, a problem of our behavior or a solution to fix a problem, I'm sorry, of our behavior will will never work. So if we're just running to those little solutions, it's not going to work to fix the issue. And it's not really about the path that we're on. It's about dealing with our heart, dealing with, with what is on the inside. Like your heart is going to direct you towards the wise and your heart is going to direct you towards the, um, the foolishness. So these external struggles that we have, they're merely symptoms of a deeper underlying issue of our heart. And I know for me personally, this weekend I had went out, it was 314 day, um, with my friends and basically three on four day is like a day of celebration from the city that I'm from, which is St. Louis, Missouri. So I went out for three one four day with a couple of, of my friends and we literally had a good time. I was drinking. Um, mm, I'm not going to say that I was drunk, but I was definitely intoxicated, but not like sloppy junk. I was just having a good time. And it's just like I was drinking and I was singing. I ended up being on Facebook Live from one of my friends. One of my friends had started up his Facebook Live and I was going live. And someone had made a comment about the way in which I was conducting myself on the live. And ultimately that ended up hurting my feelings because I'm like, you're judging me based off, you know, what I'm doing. And it's just like when I was reading and preparing for the podcast, it made me realize that that's just a symptom of the issue that I have with my heart. I need a new heart and God has already given me a new heart, but it's like, I still need to work on the new heart that I've been given. So me acting obnoxious or me conducting myself in a way that is not pleasing unto God is not necessarily me drinking or me acting, you know, a little bit foolish or ridiculous, acting a little crazy on Facebook Live, that's not the issue. There's an underlying issue within my heart. There's a brokenness within me, which caused me to display a symptom, which was me drinking on Facebook Live. And that was ultimately the issue, which moves us on to, you know, Point number two is that, you know, a new heart is going to make a difference within us. So the symptoms of my transmission problem, you know, me moving the gears and the car not turning, they were not the issue. It was actually the transmission. It was actually my heart. And when it broke down, like when my car eventually broke down, I could have done anything on the outside of the car. I could have got my windows tinted. I could have gotten new rims. I could have got some beats in the back. I love a good beat when I'm, you know, on the highway or just cruising through the city. I could have done anything I wanted to, you know, hype up my car, but honestly, that still wouldn't fix the issue. 
I would have made it look so good on the outside, but on the inside, my transmission still would have been broken. My heart would have still been broken. And this isn't the car. This isn't the story of my car snowball. This is the story of Raven Simone Billingsley. Like this is my story and this is my life. So from the outside looking in, people are always saying like, oh, you're 28, you're black, you're woke, you're educated, you're in leadership within your company, you do community service for fun, you travel all the time, you ain't got no kids, you dress nice, you say dress nice, you take good pictures, you lost your little weight, you moved to Dallas, you're doing this and you're doing that, you got your little podcast. And it's just like, yeah, I have all of those things. But on the inside, I've been hiding sin that's been low-key killing me. And it's like, ultimately, I kind I got tired of chasing the success within my company. I got tired of chasing people who didn't deserve me. I got tired of chasing this lifestyle that I wanted people to deem appropriate. And I just got tired. And it's like this, the sin in my life, it started to affect me all around, like, 24-7. It started to affect my job. It started to affect my relationships with my family and friends. And it just started to, um, you know, just hurt and hinder everything dealing with me. It's like I was doing great at work. I was doing great on the outside, but my house and my heart, my transmission was completely crumbling. And it's like, I didn't want to slow down. I was so like geeked and high off life and just high off, you know, love and high off understanding. And so high off the feeling of being accepted when I really wasn't accepting. And it's like, I did not want to slow down. I was just drunk and love, drunk in love. And it's like, God allowed me to indulge in my sin to the point where I had a mental, physical, spiritual, psychological breakdown. And it was like I was forced to pop the hood of my car. I was forced to open up my heart and and, and inspect it for what it was. And I had to ultimately acknowledge that I had a heart problem and I needed a new heart. And then in, in in Romans 6, um, verse 23, it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So despite my broken brokenness, God loves me. Despite me using and abusing his grace, he still loves me. Despite me idolizing other relationships with people, he still loves me. And, you know, he, he still wanted to be down for me. It, through everything that I ever did with, um, did to him. And, you know, God promises us in Ezekiel 36 and 26, I'm literally dropping all scriptures on y'all. Make sure y'all documenting this so you can go back and refer to make sure I'm not a liar, but he promises us in Ezekiel 36 and 26, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will, I will remove you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And what it says is, you know, I was broken on the inside and God was going to take away my brokenness and he was going to fill it with his spirit. He was going to fill it with wisdom. He was going to fill it, fill it with life and love and an abundance. And to save my car, I needed a new transmission. And to save my life in the same sense, I needed a new heart. 
And, you know, God didn't just promise Raven a new heart. He promised you a new heart and he wants to set you free too. And I know that I'm a work in progress. Some of you all look at me and say, oh, she ain't saved. But it's just like God will meet you where you are and literally, you know, step in and turn things around for you. And in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, it states, in Christ, you are a new creation and God wants to make you new too. He wants to give you a clean heart. He wants to give you a new heart. And if you already have a new heart, he wants to keep that new heart clean. Um, so it's just like, just be open, just be open to him and allow him to step in and intervene wherever you are. And then if we move back to Ecclesiastes, still in chapter 10, um, verse three, it states, even when the fool walks on the road, he lacks sense. And he says to everyone that he is a fool. So the thing about fools is sometimes they need somebody to point it out when they acting crazy. So we all display foolishness when we tell God like, Oh God, I got this. I got this under control. I'm holding it down. I don't need you. And it's like, how stupid would it be for me to treat my new car like my old car? So right now, um, by the grace of God, the company that I work for allows me to be in a brand new, new booty every year. I have like 2019, 2020. I just have a new car every single year. I'm always driving the newest car with the newest technology. God, God is dope. He, that's a pullout game strong on its own. So God allows me to drive the, drive the newest car every year. And it's just like, how stupid would I be to treat my new car like I did my old car? And some people, they've been given a new heart and they still don't treat it right. And sometimes that's even me. So just like a new car who needs routine maintenance, so does your new heart. And that kind of brings us to point number three, where I said, we're going to talk about um, the remedy for a foolish heart. And and point number three is even a new heart needs routine maintenance. And you got to do your routine maintenance checks. So like when the maintenance light come on, you got to see what's going on with your with your, your new heart, with your new transmission. So in order for us, so, so when we do get a new car, our maintenance checkpoints, they look like number one, pulling over and popping the hood. Reminds me of Beyonce. She says she popped the top. Uh, you literally have to pull over, pop the top, and see what's going on. Uh, Proverbs 4 and 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And it's just like you have to pull over and inspect your own heart to see what's going on within you. If you feel like something ain't right, if that check engine light comes on, you literally pull over and take a couple minutes, look at self, reflect on self, and see what the heck is really going on. Number two, for your routine maintenance checks of your heart, you have to pray. And King David said in Psalms 139, 23, he says, search in me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there are any grievous way in me and lead me in the way of the everlasting. You have to pop the hood and pray that God shows you things that are leading you to foolishness. So you have to just be open and vulnerable to God and say, God, you know, here I am. Here are the things, God, you know, show me, show me what it is, God. Show me where I've been foolish, God. You just have to be open and you have to confess and you have to ask God, you know, later on in Psalms, it says, God, you know, creating me a clean heart, renewing me a right spirit. 
You just got to be open and vulnerable to him. And then finally, number three, for your routine maintenance of your heart or your transmission, you got to have a solid, solid team. I hate when people be like, they have that I can do bad all by myself mentality. No, sis, you cannot. That'd be me too. I don't need nobody. But it's like, no, I don't. I'd be lying if you ever see me post a tweet about me doing bad all by myself. Like, no, that's completely false and unrealistic. You have to be surrounded by people who are going to hold it down for you. Think about it. Are you surrounded by fools? Are you surrounded by people who only gossip? Or do you have people around you who are going to pop the hood with you, who are going to take a look at your heart or your transmission when that light comes on? You need someone who is going to help you get through these situations and circumstances and someone who's going to be able to acknowledge and let you know like, hey, baby Ray, um, your check engine light on. Let's pull over and see what's going on. You're going to need somebody who's going to be able to initiate those difficult conversations. So ultimately, when you're doing routine maintenance on your heart, on your transmission, you have to, one, pop the hood self-reflect and see what the heck is going on. Number two, you got to pray. You got to ask God to renew you. You got to ask God to show you and reveal to you the issues in which you are dealing with because sometimes we cannot see it on our own. And number three, we need a solid team who is riding with us, who's riding this wave with us despite what it may look like, despite what it may feel like. Somebody who cares about our heart intimately and who only wants to see us do great. So, whew, child, that was a lot. But yeah, that kind of concludes details. I'm going to try to document as many uh, scriptures. I know I dropped scripture after scripture after scripture in this segment, but I'm going to try to document as many scriptures as I can. If I ran through something and you ain't understand, hit me up, let me know, email me, call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Question How good was the pullout last week? So today's pullout has everything to deal with, directly deal with um, the details from this week. So it's all about, you know, asking God and being open to acknowledging where you are in life and being open to a new heart. So I kind of touched on it in the um, B-Tail segment of the podcast, but you know, just really acknowledging like, okay, God, I am broken. Okay, God, I am effed up. Okay, God, I am ratchet AF. Like come in, God, intervene, God. Let me know what's the T. Let me know where I'm failing. Let me know where the issue is. And this week I have found myself trying to defend my healing process. I've been going through a lot these past couple of months, like um, brokenness, depression, the sense of being alone. And this week, God just, you know, kind of stepped in and intervened. And he showed me that, you know, the way that in which I heal is not going to look like everybody else's. So, you know, as I previously stated, somebody was like low key sneak dissing on the way that I was healing. And it's like, I felt like I felt the need to want to um, defend myself on social media. So I'm just like, I had made a status. And if you're on my Facebook, you're going to see it. And it was just the, basically like the way that I healed, the way that I process pain. This is my story. This is my healing. This is my journey. And if I feel like at that point in time, I had to justify who I was. Like, don't come for me unless I sin for you, sis. And just being open to understanding like, yes, I am broken. Yes, I am in pain. Yes, I need a... um 
Yes, I need a support system. Yes, I'm vulnerable at this time and at this moment. But God kind of told me, like, you don't have to prove yourself to anybody. Like, you and I, we are partners. Like, you and I, like, you're my equal. Like, you and I, we are a partnership. We are a team, a team. And he's like, you don't need to prove yourself to these people who don't even have the capacity in their brain to understand what the heck you really going through. And I'm just like, man, that was crazy because initially the defensive Raven who doesn't like to be judged or critiqued or who doesn't like to feel some type of way, I was ready to pounce. I was ready to fight. I was calling my friends like, oh, you know, this person is going to make me want to fight them for trying to judge me based off, you know, a, a moment of weakness. But it's like, I've already acknowledged that I'm broken. I've already acknowledged that I don't have it all. I've already acknowledged that God has given me a new heart in which is not perfect. And this is my journey. This is my walk. I've already realized and accepted that I'm an effed up individual. Like you ain't got to tell me because I already know. So the way in which I heal and my, I process my pain, it's like, it's my own. Like, it's not going to look like yours. It's not going to look like your mama's. It's not going to look like your boyfriend's. It's not going to look like your kids. It's going to look like Raven Simone Billingsley. And if you're genuinely concerned about what I have going on, you can pray for me, sis. Or you can call me and see if I'm open to having a conversation with you. But trust and believe God is already dealing with me. He already let me know I shouldn't have been doing A, B, and C over the weekend. He's already, you know, condemned me for my sins. So I don't need you to condemn me if you want to be of beneficial, um, if you want to be of a beneficial aspect or a beneficial, if you want to be beneficial to me, just pray for me. I feel like you know, last week I was telling everybody to go listen to Janae Iko's album. And now everybody want to say that they've been praying and pray for me is their favorite song. And they've been praying. It's like, okay, go ahead. Let me see. Let me see what that mouth do. Pray for me since you're so worried about me, since you've been listening to Janae, sis, since you've been listening to Janae, bro, and you praying for everybody. Now you want to make tweets and drop, you know, album verbiage under your pictures. Go ahead and pray for me. Why are you worried about it? So, you know, God just really been dealing with me in areas like it don't matter what nobody else has to say about you, what nobody else has to say about your process or or the way that you process things or your pain, your hurt. It's like God just really shows me on a weekly basis. Like you be worried about the wrong things, right? And it's like, dang, I be having to take a step back. Like, dang, I'm straight worried about people people's thoughts and opinions of me who don't even have their stuff together. And even if they don't, that's okay. Because at, at the end of the day, that's their process as well. And God is just like, draw closer to me. Like you need to keep your eyes on the straight and narrow. You need to keep your eyes focused entirely on me. Like distractions are going to come and beat you up and make you feel like you are nothing. But God is telling me that he is enough that God is telling me he's bringing me through my situation and my circumstances, you know, without a shadow of a doubt. And he's solid and he's a hundred. And it's just like, dang, like, okay, God, come through God. Cause as soon as I felt myself slipping, he was just like, it's like, he put, he dropped it in my heart. Like, bruh, he was like, baby Ray, I got you. And I'm like, dang, you do have me. Because at the end of the day, when I had nobody, when I had no money, when I ain't had food, when I ain't had gas, like he always pulled up. He always came through for the kid. He always pulled out some type of blessing. He always pulled out a meal. He always pulled out a full tank of gas. He always pulled out an oil change. He always pulled out money to pay a bill. And he's like, why are you worried about these outsiders who know nothing about you, who don't know who you are, who don't know, you know, the condition of your heart, who doesn't know the struggle that you've been 
been dealing with internally and ex and exteriorly, like you, they don't know you. So why are you tripping, boo? And he really just was like, you know, he was coming for me. Like, don't trip off the outsiders, right? Like it's you and me to the end. And I'm like, huh, okay, God. But you know, these people in my face, you know, they really get on my nerves, make me want to curse. But he's like, no, you ain't got to curse. You ain't got to fight. You don't have to defend yourself. God was like, let me fight it for you. Like, just sit back, just chill. Let me fight your battle for you. And I'm just like, dang, like, it's so crazy to have somebody who just loves you and who just wants to fight for you, who's really down to ride for you. And it's like, I've never experienced anything like, like that before. And as a human and as a millennial, we want something tangible. And it's like, God is saying, be faithful. God is saying, trust that I will take care of you. And though I'm not in the physical, I'm in the spiritual. You feel me all through your body. Like I am enough. And he's constantly telling me, Raven, I am enough. And I'm just like, every day is just like, okay, God, you are enough. And and I don't even know why he still got to prove himself to me, but he's still constantly showing me that he is enough. So forget y'all and anybody who has something to say about me. I already know I'm ratchet and righteous. I already know I'm hood and holy. I already know I'm a savage. I already know I have sex a little bit and curse a little bit, but it's just like God shows me grace and God condemns me. You are not my father. You are not my mother. God is the one who gets me together every single time. And long as I'm doing what he has called me to do, that's enough. Like your approval means nothing to me. I don't even want your approval. You're not even deserving of my approval. And that's it. Like pull out game was strong. Like God is showing me that he is enough. God is showing me he is the one who's down to ride. He's showing me that he is the one who's 10 toes down. He's enough, more than enough. So we've made it to the end of the episode and like the beginning, thank you so much for tuning to Outrageous Sales, the spiritual trap house. It's such a blessing to be able to minister to you all. I'm so humble to, you know, be able to minister and I'm so humble that you all are, you know, still riding this wave with me. As I always say, it's just an overwhelming feeling every week I'm looking at my follows and I'm listening or looking at the listeners that I have. And I'm just like, dang, God, like you dope. So just thank you for being there and for supporting me and for praying with me um, this week. All I have for you all is to sip your water and mind your business and quarantine thyself in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Shabarax and a doggone bando. Um, so go ahead and close your eyes and bow your heads. and We're going to pray out. Dear God, it's us again. God, we ask that you radically change us. God, we ask that you open our hearts. God, we ask that you soften our hearts. God, we understand that our hearts are broken and that our hearts are corrupt. But God, we completely make ourselves 100% available to you. God, we are open to receiving a new heart, the new heart that you have specifically constructed for us, God. God, we're available. God, we are vulnerable. God, we are willing. God, we are 100% submissive to you. 
God, make us over. God, make us right. God, everything that we did in the past, we surrender to you. And God, we apologize for the things that we did that were not according to your word. God, all the ratchetness and all the fornication and cursing and trying to please man, God. God, we surrender and we give it all to you. God, we just ask that you forgive us and that you heal us and that you mend our broken hearts and that you give us a new heart that we promise to take care of and with that we promise to nourish, God. And God, we just thank you so much for all of your blessings. We we love you for who you are and for everything that you have given to us, even when we're not deserving, God. We love you so much. We love you so much. We love you so much. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for loving us. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Shine, Lord. <laughs>